Welcome to The Hack, the straight-talking smart tech podcast where we discuss the ever-changing world we live in today. It's time to start thinking differently. So tune in and buckle up for some home truths as Hull and East Yorkshire's very own digital tech experts talk transformation and change, focusing on people, process and technology. And we've got the one and only Laura Greenwood in the studio. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. And um, it feels, I don't, I don't know about you, Joe, but it feels a bit of a time since we've all been in together. I, well, I think it is quite a little while, isn't it? I think it's probably, um, is it a couple of months? A couple of months, Maybe, to, yeah, all of us together. Yeah. We yeah, keep yeah. missing them here and there. and Yeah. Yeah, so it's good to have everyone in. It is. It's and, lovely to, nice and snug, in a lovely little cosy room. Well, it is it nice and snug. Well. Very well, very well. And um, Laura, we've got... Uh, Laura's bought a lot of books with her. Wow. Oh. And, and this is why it's better when we're in person, isn't it? We can actually physically sit. And I love... You'll be stealing them, Laura. I will be. But will be. Um, so, so, Laura, do you want to give us a sort of, you know, if you was if we was at a dinner party now, let's just imagine we're having some food, we're at a dinner party, and, you know, the obvious younger fall. I've only had a shake for my breakfast. <laughs> You've only had a what? Was it a boom-boom shake? Yeah, it was a boom-boom shake, yeah. <laughs> just, just, ex- boom, boom. just explain that, Joe. <laughs> Well, um, Paul and I are both on um, a bit of a boot camp um, and we've got for shakes, uh, for breakfast this week, we've got shakes and they're called Boom Boom Shakes and they're absolutely delicious. Oh, they are. Absolutely, I haven't had mine either. I've got black coffee and I've had a um, bit of Alpen. Alpen, oh, well no. <laughs> you should have your shake like within 30 minutes of getting out of bed, shouldn't you? Should you? Yeah, you should. Otherwise, you haven't had your breakfast, have you? That's never going to work. Well, well, Joe, he dragged me along onto the... He made me do an atomic oil um, fitness test this morning, um, which was horrendous. Is um, it boxing? Do the box or is it? Pat, pat. Yeah. yeah. It's, I like it's, the boxing. It's strength, conditioning and fitness. Leon did the fitness test this morning. Not good, Laura. How long? How long? 36, 7 minutes. Yeah. That's seven good. Minutes. Yeah, it's all right. That's um, all right. We, we, I think... You come into class tonight, then? The bit, the bit we didn't talk about, though, is how long it took me to get out of the gym. <laughs> <laughs> the stretch of an ambulance came. Yeah, yeah. I, was saying, I was just saying, you should see how long it took me to get out of the gym. It took me longer to get out of the gym than it actually did to the actual test. Um, <laughs> I got the arm back. It was lovely. You loved it, didn't you? Was your bear peed to death? Oh, horrible, horrible, horrible. Um, so, you know, if we're not with it today, Laura, you have to just anchor this and, and help us out. Um, but, yeah, if, if you were sat around a, a dinner table, how would you explain, um, you know, who you are, what you do, and how you became doing what you're doing. Uh, right, I'm Laura Greenwood. I'm 53 years old. I'm married to Charlie. We've just been married 25 years and we've got three gorgeous girls. So that's probably the first thing that I am. The first two things I am is a wife and a mum. And then I'm a slave to the dog, Kit Kat. And, um, and then also I, cur- I am... Um, love lead generation. And I, I love marketing. That was where I came from and where I've gone back to in the last few years. And... Um, I love the part of lead gen, the part of marketing that whenever I go into a client's or I'm invited into somebody's office and I'm working with them, it's always the lead generation that they're not doing. Right. And yep. and I find I walk through offices of people and nobody's doing any outbound calls and it really started to trigger me and upset me. So I've honed what I do into that lead generation side. So I generally work now in people's sales funnels and I very I talk about marketing very little, really, because that's very general, isn't it? And I tend to talk about people's sales funnels, and that's the area of the business that I work in for people. But I think what's interesting is you've got a big background in hospitality. Yeah, I had 20-plus years in hospitality, which was never in my marriage vows, but that's what it came with. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so, yeah, I was originally, my previous life um, in East Yorkshire was um, being a director and general manager up at Rudstone Walk, which was oh, wow. which was a d- farm diversification. And then we did the conference centre and the mar- wedding venue and a restaurant and outside catering and accommodation. So it was fairly yeah. full on. And the hospitality is like instant results. Customers got to be happy. Customers always right. Um, and it can't wait. You can't do it tomorrow. They need the dinner at seven o'clock, and it's got to go. Whatever happens, the show must go on. The show must go on. Yeah. So I thought you'd find that interesting. Didn't know that, yeah. did you? No, I didn't. And funny enough, we had our first um, when I first started working for the Department of Psychological Medicine, which is. Um, gosh, 17 years ago, we came to Woodston Walk. So we had a meal there and then we had our opening event there um, for us to all to get to know each other as a team. And it was absolutely beautiful. Oh, yeah, gosh. loved it. 
Thank you. Well, I couldn't, I can't be responsible responsible for the setting, but yeah, I was there then. No, it was that just, was it me. was lovely. It was yeah, just really, good. really nice evening. Must and we the, really well looked after. Must have kept the grass cut, surely. Hmm? Must, must have uh, kept the grass, you know, on yeah. top of it. Yeah, yeah Char Charlie's job was the grass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was the easiest bloody job, I'm telling you. <laughs> you can say something, Paul? Yeah, what was the other thing that you've done, Laura, that uh, really intrigued me? Come on. Oh, horse. I was brought up in horse racing, so... Yeah. Yeah, misspent youth, probably. And, um, you know, galloping around the countryside on horses. And I travelled the world with that, which was fantastic. Wow. And then um, I came back and I had to get a proper job. So did you, was you racing? Yeah. Wow. I did do some race riding as an amateur. I was a bit thinner then. <laughs> um, as an amateur. So, um, yeah, my dad was a racehorse trainer, as was my grandfather before him. And then um, dad ended up um, over in Bahrain training for the Emir of Bahrain. Wow. So, so it's quite, and um, yeah, so we've got quite a, yeah. Enjoy the race. I still enjoy going racing, still enjoy riding. I don't ride anymore um, for the last sort of five years or so. Do your so, children yeah. ride? No. I, and they did get the option, but luckily, because <laughs> it's bloody expensive, um, it, they didn't. They've gone down ball sports route oh, instead. Okay. So, just, yeah, I'm not, just saying, you, your daughter's a, a football referee at 16. She, well, she's just done, we won't, we won't give her the badge yet. She's just done her second Sunday. Oh, wow. And refereeing Sunday as a parent is emotional. But we're getting there. I can out. imagine. What age got up and age football? She is now. She's sixteen, but she's just doing up to sixteen. You do age groups below you. Yeah, but now she's sixteen. She's actually an open age ref. I understand, but they're not doing that. They're very kind. She's I've got to say to all those parents out there, please, please, please be, be kind to the ref. Oh, yes. There <laughs> is some people out there that, um, yes. Should be ashamed of themselves sometimes, but so be kind to Laura's daughter. <laughs> yes, and all her friends that are doing it. So fair play to them. Yeah, fair so, play uh, to them. Fantastic. <laughs> Outstanding. Yeah. So, so I think we should um I think we should jump straight into the, oh, right. okay. the first question. I, I know you want to, I think we should get straight into the first question because you know, I mean look, look Joe, we've got three books on the desk. But have you, have you read them? I mean, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. No, I don't think I have. I can't see this one here. Carol Dweck. You no, must, if you've read Matthew Syed, you must have come across it. If you haven't, it's fine. I, I don't oh, always it. read a lot of books because I think, yeah, I try. You're too busy doing, you see. I am, that's right. It is right, a problem, isn't it? Right, yeah. You sometimes yeah. have to put them all down. We can all get a bit obsessed with just reading. We can, we can. Oh, I can do it when I've read that, but yeah. you have to just go and do it. Anyway, shall I get going? Let's go in. I think we're getting there. Ask a question, Jill, then we'll talk about the book. I think, I think me and Laura will just clear off for a little coffee <laughs> yeah. after this. Honestly. Honestly. <laughs> getting out bullied here. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Getting out worked here, aren't we? Uh, Help us out, Paul. We're going okay, to split Laura. Season campaigners. Please split them up. Please <laughs> split them up, Paul. I've been married for 25 years, so I can sort that out. I'll tell you what I can do. I can just, I can tap that. Are oh, they going to mute us? I'll go, wah, wah, wah. Husband doesn't have technology, I'm fine. Do you ask a question? All right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> okay, so what are one to three books that have greatly changed or influenced your life? And I'm assuming we might be sitting with those on the table. Right, okay, so the first one. So basically, um, I met a person, a lot of you might know, Pam Featherstone. She's a local, she's a business coach, and now she coaches coaches. And she introduced me probably to personal development, self-development and reading and educating yourself. And one of the first books I read as a parent, as a parent that I was sort of really wanting it for, was Matthew Syed, you know, The Bounce. Yeah, Bounce and Black Box Thinking he did as well, didn't he? Yeah, but it's The Bounce was the one that I was like, wow, that's just... Table tennis, is that the right one? Yes, he's the guy, the table tennis, and he can't do a full backswing because his garage didn't have the space for him to do that. So, yeah, he's the table tennis player. So it was Bounce was the book, the probably the original book, Um that I thought, yeah, that's the parent I want to be, that parent that says, have a go at the next page, have a go at the harder questions, go and have a go at the harder match, just go and have a go. And that's what that was all about for him. And his, one of his, I think, and he led me to Carol Dweck, the, and the mindset book was the book that I read, and it's about closed mindset or growth mindset, and you can choose it at any point to choose the growth one. And again, it was, any parent should read it. I believe. I, I agree. I think. It's, I, I don't think any parent. I think everyone should read it. So, and every see, parent yeah. stood on the sideline of my daughter's football should read it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because then they'll be kind to her. <laughs> but what was it? What was the big thing you took from that that book? About the growth, just have a go. It, and it, all, it comes back to all that failure. It's not about failing. It's about having a go and learning and moving on and um, and just having being confident enough to have a go. And how how much it starts with just the confidence to have a go, have a go at the harder maths or have a go at the harder puzzle or just being, just always be curious to walk over to something you don't know and have a go at it. No, I completely agree with you. What are you, Paul? See you I nodding? I think that's um, 
very synonymous with myself. Um, over the last two years, I've had to learn and have a go at a lot of things that I didn't think I was capable of doing, and I've actually done them. And without pushing myself out my comfort zone, I never would have tried. And it's all you're right; it's all down to mindset. I think I think the interesting thing with like books like like that, that um, everything starts from an intention, doesn't it? And but we're not taught that at school. Why why aren't we taught about the power of our intention? Um, you know, we wouldn't be sat around this table if it weren't for the power of intention. Let's start a podcast. Let's do something different. Let's let's go do whatever we're doing. We're, we're going to Andy's Man Club to open this. Is it a seventieth club tonight? Seventieth club, yeah. Right. Wow. You know, in York. Um, that in was, how many? In not that many months, is five, it? Really? Five, five years. Five years. Seventy yeah. clubs. And we, the original goal was ten years in ten clubs in five years. Um, but again, it, it's down to the power of intention. And I, and I think we, we're just not taught about that. But I think more and more we are, aren't we? You know, we're having that conversation now. Yeah. Um, so as parents, we're also having the conversation yeah. at home, aren't we? Yeah. But, yeah. I, but I think um, I think the, the, the challenge we have, though, is our brains are just designed to pick up danger. That's why we've survived so long. But we find it so difficult to go look for the good in the world. And I don't know if you've ever tried this. I, I, I read a, a book this morning. I was reading like 20 minutes. I had this little idea and it said, um, have a look for uh, a, a green car on your way into work, right? And I spotted a green car on my way into work, right? But then all I did, all I did on my journey was carry, carry on seeing green cars, green cars right? Yeah. And, and it's back to that that intention again, that if we don't know what we're looking for, we haven't got that intention, mm. how on earth are we ever going to find it? Mm. I can see you nodding, Joe, what are you thinking? Oh, it's really weird that we we bring this up today because um, I was looking through some of my memories over the weekend, you know, on Facebook, and just just and then it just brings all of your pictures up. <laughs> and um, for the first time in a while, um, my, my dad's really poly. He's um, he's got terminal cancer, and it's all been a, a fair shock, really. It's it's only just happened over recent weeks. So I was looking through the the the, the pictures, and what struck me was um, the amount of things that I've done over the last probably 10 years, my sister-in-law died of cancer and that started me off on a um, sort of running path. So I started running and I did a marathon and I did half marathons and 10K races that I'd never dreamed of doing. And that led me to something else, to something else. And then on Friday night, I was um, judging at the Strictly Come Dancing. I saw that, looked good, looked very good. 38,000 races. Incredible, for, for incredible. That. Can we, can we start that now? It was fantastic. Incredible. And what a wonderful night and what a wonderful experience. <coughs> but I was judging because I'd won Strictly Come Dancing two years ago. And I just really just, for the first time in a long time, I, I sat there and I thought, I can't believe how many things I've actually had to go at. And really, really loved it. I met some wonderful friends along the way. So you talk about that kind of mindset about having to go. I wouldn't have thought that I'd challenge myself, but actually when I've looked back, I've gone for challenge after challenge after challenge. And now I'm looking for my next one. But I've absolutely loved the journey. And it was, re- they were really nice memories. I love that. Yeah, brilliant. So yeah, but, but I think there's a, there's a big point there, don't they, in terms of um, everything, that our life is what we perceive it to be. And sometimes we, we forget to actually look back and just see how far we go. I can see you nodding. Do you want to add to that, Laura? It's just the perception thing. You know, you can perceive it as a problem or an opportunity or let's yeah. have a go. And it is perception and it's intention. It's making the choice to yeah. d- consciously choosing as well, yep. rather than just drifting along, consciously choosing, right, I'm going to have a go at that. Yeah. And um, and with, with my with the horses, you always said like the second run or the second outings, whether you were turning them around a racetrack or sending them into a, an, a into competition ring, told you a lot about the horse, about the talent, about the genuineness, their interests, that whole thing. And I've been a bit the same with my kids, which is why I was glad to get the second run. You, know, you have to have a go again, you know. So if it's not a disaster the first, if it's a bit of a disaster, you're not sure, go and have another go because it'd be totally <laughs> different the second time. So just keep having a go. <laughs> love it, love it. And what's the second book we've got sat there? Right. So, and I can't remember, I think it's about eight years ago. Um, Alcohol, right. My dad was a teetotaler for his life, a lifelong Irish teetotaler. So alcohol was never really in our home. You know, it wasn't a big thing in our lives. Dad was certainly not drinking. He played a lot of bridge, played a lot of cards, a bit of gambling Irishman. So it was a different thing, but um, he wasn't a drinker. And um, I got to this point, I had three small children and I just thought, God, there's a lot of drink involved here that I wasn't used to. And I didn't want them to think, oh, you grow up and you drink wine and the kids play in the garden sort of thing. And maybe I was drinking a bit much and I just thought, right, I'll cut it out on school nights. So I went through 
like six months or whatever and then it got to summer and suddenly everywhere you went somebody asked, oh, oh, gives you a glass of wine don't you and I started to feel that sluggishness again and then we were at Filey we used to have a, <laughs> we used to have a, a beach hut and a caravan at Filey which was easy with the hotel we could sort of play tag and the kids would go mm. up for like a month in the summer so Filey was a big place where they grew up and um, we went to a friend's house for a curry and got really drunk and I felt terrible I thought that's it I'm not drinking and Pam Featherstone sent me this book actually and I read it and that's it. And I've never drunk again. And I'm not saying that I'll never, ever not drink again. Um, I've never said that. I've got this table in this certain place. Um, crystal champagne is there for a certain point in time. But and I've never said I'll never drink. And all my insurances say she drinks two glasses of wine a week because I said, no, no, you'll, you'll drop dead with one in your hand. And um, and um, but I haven't had a drink for about eight years and I've never missed it. And the book was a great read about a week later when I was just thinking, oh, I'm not going to have another drink today. And it literally, it was just a choice I made, just a choice. I didn't say never, I just made a choice. And um, and I, I, I can honestly say, I think I was allergic to it and it never suited me. I'm much happier without it and I'm fine. And I don't think, I don't know if I will. No, I love that. And, and I think uh, we, we have this conversation quite often, don't we, in terms of I, I'm only back into train after two weeks. It was, it was my 40th. I drank far too much alcohol on my 40th. But then that led on. And I think for me, it's not so much alcohol is a bad thing. It's the bad choices you make following having alcohol in your system. Um, I love actually having a drink, but then the next day I'm not eating great. I don't go to the gym on the Monday. And then before I know it, I've had a fortnight where I've, I've not been going. And it just triggers one thing. Um, so, so I get that. And do you get really anxious? For me, I think it's the anxiety and the up and downness that I've got rid of. Yeah, or the, that... the, the ability to recover from that very quickly and make a better choice to get into that gratitude thing and move on. Yeah, and I do think alcohol's been a big thing. Yeah, I think um, alcohol certainly. So I think especially more if you've been out in groups and stuff. I don't know. I used to wake up with that anxiety. What have I done? What have I said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I always drank too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas when I'm at home and I'm just having a glass of wine and that, I don't get the same yeah. kind of effects. But yeah, certainly when I've been out in groups and I've heard, I don't know whether it's. I, I don't know if it's a woman thing. Like, yeah, can, can you to answer that? No, I think the same when I've had a drink. Do you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And usually it means I've done something wrong. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I, think, I think the challenge is with it, though, is, you know, I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with it. It's, <clears throat> sometimes it can be brilliant, but then sometimes you lose too many inhibitions. And I, th I think part of it, though, I, I'd say look, it, on it is, it depends what your mindset's like prior to your drinking, I think. Because if you're in a, you know, I remember losing my dad and having a few drinks and it just was not good. So I, I didn't drink for nearly, it was about a year, I think I stopped drinking on it. Um, and I went off off the off the beer for about a year because that's like you were saying, didn't feel great. And, and I sometimes um, switch between going out and just drinking tonic. Everyone thinks I'm drinking gin and tonic. And I, and I, I go through periods of my life. It just, it just depends. And for, for me, it's when I'm not getting up out of bed early and I'm not doing them things, then I'll get off the alcohol for, for, for a bit of time. Um, mm. So what would you say, Paul? I'm not the biggest drinker in the world. Um, I'll probably go out, have a fair few drinks, but then I probably won't drink for three, four, five, six weeks. And I'm not one of them that drinks on a night or has a glass of wine. I'm not. I'm probably a bit of a social drinker um, where I go out. If I'm drinking at home, I might have one or two. And then, like I say, this weekend... Oh, yeah, I did. I went to my grandson's presentation on Friday, but Saturday, if Sunday. If he forgets now, look, if he forgets. Yeah. That's age. Um, but no, I'm not the biggest drinker in the world, but when I do sometimes, yeah, I go overboard a bit too much. And I never get stuck at a rubbish party because I can always drive to the next Yeah. Yes, that's a great, yeah, great <laughs> You never <yeah>. get stuck. <laughs> Love that one. And then the last one, what's the last one we've got sat there? Oh, this is um, Chet Holmes, uh, the ultimate sales machine. It's like 12 key strategies to create your sales orientated business yeah so how you have customers and keep them more and he's i think he's definitely dead now um but he's one of the original gods i think of the sales thing and i love it and i love um how you make your you know improving your team and um doing all these workshops about you know what's the 10 thing getting them to sort of make a really practical list about things they don't know enough about the business so every week your team meeting hones in on one of those and the person who didn't ask the question has to write it up for everybody else and it goes in your company folder and it's all part of that building a team and who know your business and, and continue you, learning yeah and continue learning and things like that and so. i think i think the thing is though laura is um sales is like the enigma 
Um, and it's like it can have a bit of a dirty word. Um, and everybody's in sales. Yeah, if you're at work, aren't yeah. you? I, I, I agree. I completely agree. And um, you know, you've been learning a lot more about sales. I certainly am. Um, you know, and I think what would you what, what's what's your perception when we say sales? Um, I think I, I think I agree with you. I think since I've been in this job, I sell what I do all of the time. Um, I'm looking man's free, um, but I still have to sell it. I think they had his sales and something's free. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I mean, years ago, I would have thought about your car salesman or what you know, whatever you. But choosing. sales isn't also about free and paid for. Sales is also about value. Like, look at the value yeah. that you are peddling, if you like. You yeah. know about your suicide prevention and stuff. I mean, that's worth more to people than anything, isn't it? Yeah. The mental health and stuff. Um. So, so whatever you're in, whether you're in the NHS. You're in sales to look after people, want people to come back in and have have served that person as they need serving. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think I think um it has been a bit of a lost art form, especially in the UK, because we lost our our way with customer service, I think. Um, especially since the pandemic, you can't really go physically see people. That's some of what we've been talking about with the hubs and things like that. Mm-hmm. We're trying to bring bring services back into the main floor. That's why Andy's Man Club, I think, does so well because it's yeah. actually a physical service where you've yeah. got to be in a physical room. And we've got to turn these things off. We don't take mobile phones in with us, right? No. So, so it, we shouldn't a, be taking those into work, should we? You know, we're all better when we parked our car at work and went into work and then went back home again. Yeah. Now it's all merged in and we can get hold of everybody and mm. we can speak to our kids at school. And there is a bit where we've got to start compartmentalizing again. Oh, you know, I think not, not a bit. I think it's a, a huge challenge because we're talking at the minute about, you know, this hybrid work and, mm, and, and yeah, but what you're going to be hearing is, so you know, if you understand, you know, Starbucks was invented and it was always called the third place. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Right. Have you ever heard that term? No. You know, so the idea of, of a Starbucks was meant to be that it's that third place where you can go be creative. It's a bit of hustle and bustle, a bit of, a bit of like music in the background, but you can go and work from there. Right. And you hear all this buzz about you know work from home and and that's great for big business because straight from the bottom line they can they can just completely get rid of their expensive offices right in the short term yeah in the short term but the long term impact I think is absolutely huge and significant and when you start looking at the studies on it you're missing so much so what you're going to see more I I think is I don't think some of the big offices are going to be going back I, I think that they're gone because people don't really want to work in these massive offices but you're going to start seeing places you know springing up where you can have that sort of third place working um where, where it fits that fits the team fits the the working style um but categorically i think uh, i don't know how you guys feel about it but working from home is just not productive in terms how do you of, create that machine and that culture and that though how do you do it in terms that? of in what in in terms of if people are all just separated and I've, you know, doing the rhyming while they're listening to the Zoom call because they switched off the camera or whatever they're doing. I don't know. The best one I ever saw actually um, <laughs> was some. I'm in IT, right? So some systems are about monitoring activity on the, you know how much activity is being used. When was the like, mouse last moved? And these all different things. Um, and I see a genius um, school school kid had set up enough fan, rotating fan. Yeah. Got a wooden spoon and, and taped the wooden spoon to the mouse, and the fan used to rotate and it just used to keep moving the mouse. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. Say they'll be fine. Yeah, but but I think I think where we where we going with that, Laura? My, my opinion, um, because we have a, a a remote workforce, we do like a bit of hybrid at the moment in terms of, um, but for us, it's not like you hear that one. You know, work work at home on a, a Tuesday um, and a, and a Wednesday and all other days. You, you know, you're in the office, right? Uh, but it's not about that. I think I think that, that people have them sort of strategies are, are going to fail. It should be around um, business outcomes, and it should have always been like that. So, and what I mean yeah. by that is, if you can't get in because I don't know something's happening at home, and you're getting something delivered, and you have to be at home, or there's a, a kids kids um, assembly you need to go to, you know, something really important. As long as you've got the technology <laughs> around you to get that out, that business outcome, yeah, it doesn't matter where you are. So yeah, I think exactly. so. So I think. The cultural bit, because we speak quite a lot on this, don't we, on the show, is um, I think it's about building absolute trust and building your business around outcomes. Sales is exactly that, and it's outcomes. Yeah. How many, you know, sales is one of the most open, you know, platforms where, you know, if you're out doing your job, you get found out really easily. Yeah. Um, but I think that's just going to start coming to other, 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 other areas of the business. People are going to get found out if not, if not doing the work. Um, want to add to that? Because you're nodding. Um, I, well, I was interested in, in Laura's point, really. I just wanted to talk to Laura more about what you think and, and what you 
you know, because you, you, you were you're obviously quite concerned about that and that building that culture and things. Well, I don't know, because obviously I'm freelance and work on my own. So I go into a lot of companies. But I just think, um, what do I think? I just I just think there's this this critical mass and there's this culture that's built by people being together, having sharing together, working together, having discussions over the t- kettle. And I just think that can get missed. Look at how pleased we were all to be in the same room today and how much more energy there is than if we'd all been sat on in our sitting rooms on a Zoom call in with each pants. other. Yeah, not being able to interrupt each other and suddenly losing the thread of being able to say that bit and Leon being able to see that you've got something to say, so bringing me on the conversation and stuff like that, just all that just doesn't happen when because we, we're human beings, aren't we? Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think there's, I, I quite, I don't mind working from home and I, I have done for, you know, all of the, the pandemic pretty much, but I also enjoy um, going out there and networking and that's what helps me grow what I do yeah. you know that I have to I have to network um and I I have a real sort of fear for for the younger ones that are perhaps working from home and um, the cultures that they're the kind of and, yeah and that's dressed for work yeah but I think that, that's and a bit more hopefully but you know no but 100 Laura in terms of what you're saying there is because I think I think that's the biggest challenge we face like you mentioned there Joe in terms of it's okay for for me to work at home and those guys to yeah. work at home because it's quite comfortable at home, right? But what if you're the young apprentice who hasn't got, he's just got his bedroom, you know, yeah. and, he, and he lives, eats and works out of his bedroom. He, yeah. and he maybe ain't got the safe space. We pick that up in the mansion. And how but, do you develop them? How, yeah. how do you really develop them? How do they see good practice home? at work yeah. and what is a good worker and what is a good company person and a solid, you know, honesty and all that? And, and if they dare ask questions, you know, if yeah. they are quite, if their confidence is quite low and self-esteem is quite low, how do they ask those kind of questions? Because I want to dare ask them at a, yeah. a really young age. I want you to wouldn't even so know that you had a... Yeah, what well, you didn't know your gaps, do you? Yeah. You, know, you don't know what to, what you yeah. don't know at sometimes. And, but but, yeah. the, but there's, there's two choices of thought. So in, in one choice of thought, I agree. I don't think it can be done successfully. Um, so I think you need to have a, 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 a constant blend. Um, yeah. But then the other side of it then. So um, I was watching my, my children to play this game called Roadblocks. I don't know if you've heard of it. Yeah. you heard of it? It's like a, it's a game they all play online and you can role play, you can go to the shops, you can you can play cowboys and Indians and it's all, all like a digital world. Meet up at the disco, play games, play sports, and but my niece um, has got one of these iPads, and they're all set up on it all together, and they're in constant communication. Me and my mum was having a telephone call last night, and my mum's taking them to go see the, is it the railway children at the cinema, yeah. at the theatre, sorry, and the kids knew all about it, and they're just sat, like, so ingrained. They're watching Netflix together, but on they've both got it on on their devices, and they're sharing it. They're in different parts of the world. They've got other friends in there, and it just blew my mind last night in terms of how connected they all are in a, in a in a in a way that we are just not used to. You know, it's just it's it's normal to them in terms of yeah, definitely. It, it, so so we you know it's a bit like um, you know when we never had a if we went back hundred years ago, we tried to explain to someone what a mobile phone was, and we could speak to someone two thousand miles away, it would blow our minds, wouldn't it? So I think the challenge we do have. Um, the, the younger generations are born for these digital the digital natives were digital immigrants yeah so there's 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 that so I, I think I do think it's bad and it's got to be managed and we will keep developing we, yeah, will, we will keep progressing that's the amazing thing about humans isn't it we're never going to reach a ceiling really it'll just be totally different than what we know yeah exactly that so um, I'm going to eat with the next next question we're on question so we're doing oh, well we're doing, right. we're doing well here aren't we um, it's, all, it's all good um, so what is your feel good song or music that gets you focused and makes you happy Oh, right. Well, of course, I'll do the cliche one. The first dance when I got married was um, Walking on Sunshine, Katrina and the Waves. So that's always there. Yeah. But I do a lot of cold water swimming, which I didn't realise the thing about cold water. So I was swimming and merrily swimming um, through lockdown and stuff. And I was... And Is I it Welton Waters? Yeah. And in the sea. And um, and I, I, I was feeling really good. I love swimming. Swimming is my happy place. And um, <laughs> and I found on LinkedIn this Irish man flirting in the Irish Sea saying how amazing it was for you. We've had him on here. Just in Caffrey. Yeah, just in Oh, no, sorry. Different, no. different well, Irishman. Caffrey. And I went, well, I've been doing that today. Well, just you be careful. And he had all this science about the Vegas nerve. And I thought, oh, I thought I was just being a happy person. But there was a reason for it. So I've stuck with it. So um, How many years have you been doing that? Um, so I've, oh, well, I've always swum, but this is my sec- really my second winter of swimming all the way through. You swim through winter as well? Yeah. So, Machine. So 
the thing they said was if you can't get in the lake, you have to go and have a cold swim is the other thing, isn't it? It's a hot run, cold swim, a hot run, cold shower. So I thought, oh, God, I'm not, I am a bit of a quick shower now. And, and I thought, what am I going to do? <laughs> so I found this record. <laughs> I love Tina Turner, Proud Mary. I love Proud oh, Mary. Yeah. And I love the long version, but I can't manage 10 minutes in the shower. It's just boring. So I have the five minutes, 25 on YouTube. And that's my morning song if I have a cold shower. So I come out bopping. There you go. Oh, wow. <laughs> Laura messaged us to do it on LinkedIn when, when we were a yes. couple of months ago, didn't you, Laura? I can't do it. Got to go do, do it. We have to go do it. You've got we? to start hot and let it go down to cold at the end. So start uh, like did 30 tell us seconds. This. Start with the hot water. I, know, I can do. I can do. There's a, loads of YouTube videos. I, I can do a cold shower. shower. I'm, I'm fine with a cold shower. Right? Can you do proud Mary? But the, but the, the, <laughs> the bit, proud Mary singing uh, is we'll, we'll, we'll see how long I can do. I'll go for proud Mary. But the bit, the bit I don't think I can do is this cold water seat swimming. Yeah, like, do you uh, swim? I can swim, I could swim. Yeah, I could swim. Do you like swimming? I like swimming. Well, you have to start in the summer then and then keep going. Andy Butler um, of Ice do Warriors. You, do you wear like a, a wetsuit? You can wear whatever you like. I wear a cosy and my goggles. Machine. Honestly. Oh. And I've got okay, some... Laura, you, you, you just got up... Tomorrow, with Andy Butler, I will attempt we, we, to... We need to up our game. You need to go with Andy, I'll get you going. Cold water. Anyway, so anyway, that Andy rescued me. And um, so now we're doing the most ridiculous swimming badge ever. Like at some, at some point this winter, we're going to swim a mile <laughs> under five degrees. So there you go. I'll send you up. So where do you swim? I swim at Welton Waters and Hornsea. Well, and Welton Waters? I know where Welton Waters is. My friend Kenny um, swims there. I swam Loch Ness this summer. Well, not oh. all the way across it. But How incredible is that? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm with speechless all of that. So, way. you know, where you walk around Welton Waters, you yeah. just get in the water there. No, go in the center through the gate. You go through oh. the gate, <laughs> you go through the gate, and you tell them that you're there, and you pay them your couple of quid. And they've got a little route, there's a little lagoon, and it's all marked out, and they have the safety boat out, and they have duck. <laughs> Don't go on your own. <laughs> no, <fault. laughs> Don't try this at home. You can have a very deep curl bath on your own. That's fine. <laughs> we'll start, what we'll do is we'll get our wheelie bins, we'll just we'll start testing some ice in the wheelie bin. Cold water. We'll just jump in there, can't we? For a bit. Make sure you can get out of your wheelie bin. Yeah, <laughs> so a lot of people go swimming in canals. It's really dangerous and they're all metal sides and they can't get out. You've got right. to know you can get in and out. There's lots of little things that you just need to be careful with. And don't go jumping in. I used, to jump in, in. I used to swim in marina. You've got ladders to get in out, haven't yeah. I was 16. Before the pub. 15. Pub, yeah. Before oh. it got done, done yeah. as it was getting done out. Mm, in December. Know. Not in December. No, it was six weeks holidays. Yeah. So, yeah, so I've, I've done a kilometre in like two degree water. I did it last Christmas and at Welton Waters. And so now this year I'm going to do a mile. And I'm doing all right because I'm doing like two and a half K-ish at the minute. So I, I think I'm all right. It's just uh, what goes is your breathing is the difficult bit. So um, as the temperature drops, that's what I struggle with. But actually I'm doing okay at the moment and my breathing's good. I'm going to do the sea in January. January. I'm going to go in the sea in January. 21st of 21st, midsummer, 21st. There's a, mid, there's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a midsummer, there's a midwinter dip at Hornsea for the Hornsea rescue. All right. Rescue. I'll do it. 21st, go and look on Facebook. And 21st find of it. January. No, 21st of December, mid, oh. you know, midwinter. Shortest day. Next so they're going. Next, <laughs> quick poll. Next question. Next question. Next question. <laughs> I'm getting myself dig, dig in here, are I? I make a lot of people feel very cold. I'm, I'm freezing. <laughs> I'm freezing now. Right, right then, Laura. What purchase of £50 or less has most pov positively impacted your life in the last six months? Ah, uh, right. So swimming decent goggles. swim. <laughs> there you go. Well, I won't do that one then. So my other thing. Was it swimming goggles? It was. There were two, so you can have a second one. Uh, my second one was um, my husband always lost. Whenever I bought, I used to buy him clothes, and he lost them. Rugby club, wherever he just yeah. lost. He loses everything, all his clothing. So <laughs> I bought him a flask. It's a, it's a rugby player trait, though. Flask. It is. It's it is. terrible. And then, and so yeah, I thought I'll buy him a flask. He can't possibly lose a flask. And I bought him this Stanley flask. And about five years ago, it finally died. This Stanley flask. It just died. So I bought myself this winter. I bought myself a Stanley thermal cup and it's fab and I love it. And it was about 30 quid. It was the most expensive thermal cup you could even possibly think of. You'll need it after you've got but all the water. But my Stanley water, thermal cup, I love it. 
And it's a beautiful piece of design because it fits in the drink curl because none of them fit in the drink curl in the cabinet. Yeah, it's fat, in. yeah, it's slim. It's ready. It's perfect. And it's green. It's that it's, standard no, green. The thing is green at the end. So you yeah. can, when you cup all that. Yeah. I just can't get that excited. <laughs> cup. I'm really, I'm a lady, a lady of simple pleasures. Cold water and a hot cup of tea. I mean, cheap day. I run on diesel. Honest, <laughs> Joe, I stand at the side of a rugby pitch during winter, so I have my thermal cup and it's life-changing. Yeah, and the coat. I just go and to the canteen at the ice. I just sit in the car. It's easy. <laughs> So do you have a lesson from a failure of yours? Yeah, nobody's coming to save you, are they? Whatever happens, nobody's coming to save you. And the universe definitely meets you at where you pitch yourself out at it. Hey, tell me more. Um, tell me more. If you're the victim and if you think that's, if if you really believe, oh, life's dealt me, these people have been, people have been really, life's unfair, people have, people aren't being fair to me and this, that and the other, that might be true, it might actually be your truth, but it ain't going to, ain't a way to live your life, is it? You've got to say, right, well, I can stop that then and I can make different choices. It doesn't have to be like that. I can stop being a victim and I can stop being, um, I can stop being uh, everybody else's doormat, you know you know, lay down flat enough and still tell you you're lumpy, weren't they? But so, you know, you can stop being that and you, that's your choice and yep. nobody's coming to save you. And they might not like it and nobody might not like it, like it, uh, but you need to go and find, it is your choice. It is your choice ultimately. And where's that come from? Where's that come from? We had a very toxic, um, my husband's, a very toxic relationship with my husband's family and, um, and which is why we left Red Stone Walk. And um, it was the only choice we had was to leave. But, uh, they, it wasn't we didn't own any part of it it was really horrible we paid off loads of debt loads of things it was it, it was very toxic we'd put our that was our dream it was our dream we put all our money into it we put all our we put hours and hours put our lives into it we you know brought up three small children there but we had to leave and we did wow and it's it's i've had more life probably in the last three years as has my husband and it's been hard of him it's his family um but the kids have you know we made a choice and it you know we made a choice, didn't we? And we said, no, actually, this, we don't need to be a victim. We don't need to cry to everybody that this is really unfair. And we couldn't leave, and we did. I think the interesting right. point, though, and that's why I love that first book you, you were talking about, it's, it's all down to how we, how we perceive everything, you know? And it, I remember climbing Kilimanjaro, right, and watching the kids at the side of the road, and there was the same age as my old children, and I, I was going through a bit, a bit of a trauma at that time in business and everything, and I watched these kids, and they was playing with an old bicycle wheel. Right, and the joys on their faces, and what they was doing, and the dad was with them, was just amazing. And I'm sat there going, when I come back home, all the material things that I thought was important, not one of them is important, and and it's down to perception at times. I think what you just mentioned that that sort of statement is so is so true, um, because. We've got to get up, haven't we? We've got to keep going because yeah. no one is coming to save us. I, yeah. I completely agree. And you have to cope. Like your kids have got to learn to cope. So whether it's refing on a Sunday or whether it's just not being picked in the team, whether it's having loads and loads of money and the best clothes in the changing rooms and on the school trip, they still have to cope with having the most. And they have to cope with having the least. They just have to cope, don't they? But how, how do we build that resilience? Um, By... Letting them lead their lives and letting them supporting them to go through whatever they go through, and not stepping in and going, "Oh, my kid's got to be the winner," which is the, the thing about the the book. The yeah, book, isn't it? It's about yeah. what they did. They did these tests with kids whose parents said, oh, "You know how marvelous." Told the parents how kids how marvelous they were all the time. Well, the kid never dare fail. Then that's one of the things, and so it wouldn't try the hardest thing because it wouldn't try to go for the A team because it might not get in, and then it'd be a failure and. Things like that. Was that the one? I, I might be wrong, but called it the is it fridge door syndrome in terms of, and it might be the different book, but basically, because I practice with the kids, if, if children come home with a certificate, tradition, traditionally it's like, you're amazing, look how great you are, and we put it up on the fridge door, yeah. and, and how amazing it is. And the science behind it was um, ask your kid, like, put the put the certificate down, just love them for them yeah. enjoying it. So, and then, and and then, the ask the, then ask the question, what do you want me to do with this certificate? That's it. That's what, exactly. is that, is that, I think it was in that. It's all it? about that, isn't it? Yeah. It's not. It's not praising them for being the winner. It's yeah. praising them for the for bloody effort it. they took. Yeah. And the yeah. fact that in the morning they didn't want to go and they didn't think they were good enough, but they went and had a go. And today was their day. And tomorrow yeah. it might not be, but they still got to go and have a go. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And um, 
I just wanted to say thank you to Laura because it sounds like, you know, it's not that long ago when these things have, you know, happened in your family. No. And it sounds like it was when they were cashing thing. in Rudstone Walk, we were paying off. His own mum took him to bankruptcy for no reason. Like there was no reason. It was a personal thing. And we were paying that off. That was in March this year. Yeah. So there you go. Well, anything's just all quite raw, isn't it? And yeah, oh, and I think that. it'll always be raw, won't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it'll always be raw. But you, you, I like the, I like the way that you approach it with with your children and and sort of the thought that you put into making them as robust as they possibly can be because it's difficult out there. Um, they were really sweet. They went to school because obviously they're at Hunsley. Luckily, I mean, my accountant, who you all know, said you can't do this and you can't do that. You know, you can't pay them whatever you can't pay. I went, I can't, man. We've got to live in East Yorkshire. I've got to go to, kids have got to go to the school and we've got to live here. There is some things that is going to happen. And um, and it was, um, and that was just how it was. And uh, that's what I'm going to say. And I said to the kids, I don't know what's going to happen at school, girls. <laughs> We're on the front paper of every page. I'm just whatever happens, go to the head of house and I'll come straight into school. We'll just sort it then. I'm not going to tell you what's going to happen. I'm just going to say, if you feel really uncomfortable and something's really horrible, please go to your head of house and just tell them to ring me. Because I couldn't, I didn't want to thought, I just wanted to go to school, didn't I? So it's all that. Yeah, it's quite a lot. Yeah. So, no, it sounds I've had some great mates though. There's a lady called Tor Aitken who was great. And she sat beside me. There was a very famous email that went viral, even, even on, I think it was on Mail Online or something about, I sent, you know, people the email to say what happened. And then um, it was like two o'clock in the morning and she sat beside me. She went, you're all right. She sat beside me. <laughs> she did it. You know what I mean? She just was, so there's some amazing people in them. Yeah. There's some amazing people out there. So yeah, I yeah. Think you, don't, you don't get through it on your own, do you? No, no. absolutely. No, and I think it, just an amazing story you've shared, and thanks for sharing. But I think it leads really nicely, and I think you've sort of said this, but um, I answered all the questions. No, but, no, but I think you've, I think you've, you've you've alluded to it a little bit. But I'm, I'm, I am interested. Um, what's a sort of favourite quote or saying that you, if you could share with everyone in the world, what is it and why? Oh, um, oh, there's quite a lot out there, but um, learn the rules like a pro and break them like an artist. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't surprise, does it, Joe? That's a, that surprise, that. No. No, no, I love that. Where, where did you hear that? Do you know, I don't know, and I'm going to have to go and Google it and find it, because no, it is, I, I can attribute it to somebody, and I saw it somewhere, and I thought, God, that's fab, isn't it? He's fab, he's fab. I'm making that That one. is it, isn't it? Learn the loop rules like a pro, and then break them like an artist, because you actually do have to know how it all works, don't you? Yeah, yeah. To disrupt anything and break anything, you have to know. Yeah, but I think in that in that part of, as well, like growing up, um, you know, healthy adolescents do break rules. They have to, to where, learn where the boundaries yeah, are, yeah. and it's it's about making it safe. Um for us to do that because you wouldn't want you want a bit of sass don't you like you yeah. just need a bit of attitude and, and, not, and not all rules are great if you look at you know some of our, our history some rules are uh uh, uh barbaric aren't they so they need to be broken so that we can we can go change them but um yeah i love that quote i'm, I'm gonna i think i'm gonna put it up there <laughs> no i love it love it absolutely love it um, right let's go in the in the last five years what new habit or belief has had the most profound effect on your life oh god i'm a bit i should have brought my notes shouldn't i should have written some notes um i think um i think the thing coming from oh yeah right so your brain gets saddled and when you're really really trying to sort stuff out in your head you're thinking i might have made the wrong decision yesterday every day is a new day and i think that starting from zero every day so whether you have had a bad night's sleep and you're waking up addled and things are on your mind stop it stop the mind and just again justin caffrey taught me this um stop the mind that you know that just 10 minutes of just being quiet and you can call it meditation you can call it whatever you like getting your breathing in check working on your breathing all that slight is there from zero get into cold water get out in nature whatever your thing is go to the gym for me it's getting out so I either as I say hot run cold shower or cold swim hot bath um and that is a really important habit for me to have mm. and it puts me in my happy place whatever's got on whatever the wrote about me whatever people emailed me or whatever hate I got online it, every day I started again and that's all you can do in it and I say that to the kids that's so starting the day from zero yeah. and then finishing it at the end of the day stopping it you know stop the churn the chatter and stop it and go to bed we're not we're not taught this are we you know why, why and yeah. I think what I'm just thinking about you know with your your, your open water and swimming I, I bet when it, especially when it's cold, I bet you can't think of anything else apart from that next. Well, if you, if you yeah. go and read Breathe. the science, that's the thing. If you put it's this fear, fear, flight, fire, 
fight, 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 fear. fight it's your vagus nerve isn't it and that's what the vagus nerve does so and it, what they're saying is why the problem we've got now is we don't have the fear of that there's a wild animal coming to kill us do we or, other, pe other people's opinions is the biggest fear now and, but now it's an ongoing anxiety we have which is even worse mm. so we don't have we're not we're not in we're not in um not fear you know comfort and relaxed not present yeah and we're not in fear we have an ongoing anxiety. We have the social media going all the time, emails going over the time. Home comes to work with us. We don't compartmentalize stuff. And um, that's what they're saying, isn't it? And this, when you get into cold water, you can do nothing. Your body thinks you are going to die or your brain doesn't. It won't think about anything else. And you breathe through it and you deal with it. And then you, you have a get out. <laughs> or you just carry on swimming and it stops that. Yeah. chatter yeah. so then it thinks yeah. it's, it's, i'm not gonna die and it lets me swim for something ridiculous like two and a half k in the wind and the rain and the weeds whatever no but i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna go look that up because i i, I love the the idea of you know when you're in nature this is what magical happens just think afri look at just yeah. think afri because yeah. he's a real he's like east meets west he's um you know he's bought and sold all the companies being the you know investment banker and stuff and now he's he's got he's done a lot of stuff with the japanese monks you know there's Really hard yeah. people. Mm. Um, so his his he explains it really well on his YouTube things. I'm checking him out. I'm checking yeah, so him check out. Put him on your podcast. I think he'd be a good one for you. Yeah, he's a good one. So name what you know now. Um, what advice would you give to yourself at 18? And what advice should you have ignored? Um, you, should, you should ignore the shoulds, shouldn't you? Ignore the shoulds. And you've got to keep, you've got to keep that little voice inside you. We've got to keep that going in our kids. What would you do? You've always got to ask them, what would you do? What does that little person inside you that chose to go and play football when you were six and run around just be happy, what would they ask? And is it anywhere close to that? Or what's the gap or whatever? I think keep tuned into yourself is the biggest thing we can do, isn't it? That presence and just keeping tuned into ourselves. Because if it's off, for me, if it's, if it's off, it's off. And there's a reason it's off. It's either I've not done my, you know, I've not gone through my little, I don't have a little routine to my day or I haven't had the nature bit or I haven't gone into cold water or whatever ridiculous thing it is. Or I haven't had six cups of tea yet. And, um, and it's keeping, I think it's keeping that present. And if you wouldn't take advice from them, don't take criticism from them. You've got to learn that, haven't you? Yeah, but I think, oh, I like that. Yeah, but I think, yeah, but that's the, it's the man in the arena, isn't it? The quote, yeah. you know, in terms of, but, but the, I think the challenge is, it's human nature. And I, I think that's one of the biggest challenges we do face, especially with social media, because we've got, we've got more information, you know, that's getting created. I, I did a talk on this the other week, and I think it was since the dawn of humanity 2003, the amount of information took about four days, two days, I think it was to create. I thought, I wonder what it'd take if we did that today, you know, with all our computer systems. It takes about 11 minutes, right, yeah. to make that much information, right? So, so the challenge we've got is it's, there's so much information out there. If you're an expert in your field, it's even difficult. So you're an expert in your field in, in mental health, and right? And then you get something like Sandy's Man Club that comes on that does something completely different. But we're, we're, we're doing something different because we've probably read something somewhere else. And, we, and then there's all these different theories. Not any, not any one single person can keep up because it's the, the amount of information that's coming on. So we talk about reading, don't we, right? But it's your uh, outcome, isn't it? Yeah, it's your outcome. So you've, you've got this big challenge where you've got more information than you've ever had. We're running around with these devices that have got all these notifications coming on that no one's ever told us to turn off. Just turn all your notifications yeah, off and on, right? And we wonder why we're, we're getting more anxious and, and more depressed. And I think exactly like you say there, we've we lose that creativity, that inner voice, mm. because we're so wrapped up in what's going on and the outside world. And I, I absolutely love what you what you mentioned that, Laura, because that is what we have to we have to keep and going. And the other thing we? is, the thing. Oh well, when I've got my degree, I'll be able to do this. When I've got my masters, no, just put all that aside and just start doing and living the life you want to live. Yeah. yeah. What life do you want to live? Yeah. You know. When you say Paul, as well, in terms of we, we was on this conversation, like I'm a big believer in. All I do to myself when I, whenever I'm getting a bit mind-led and lost, I just self-parent myself, all right? That's all I do. And me and you go for walks, we all go for walks, and I've heard you guys say this to me at times, and I think I've said it to you at times, like, just get on and get going. We just need to, what do you yeah, want to do? Yeah, what yeah. do we want to yeah, do, yeah. right? And and I think we, we forget about that at times, don't What's we, the first step? And you've got to take that first step before the old little voice catches up with you saying you're not good enough to do that. You've got to be that quick to take a bit out of action, haven't you? Yeah. 
I think some of it as well, though, is about upbringing because it's just something that, that really resonated with me when you said about, um, you know, just go out there and, and do it. Just just go do it. Don't, don't be waiting to do your master's or don't be yeah. waiting. Whereas I, I don't know um, kind of how you guys were brought up, but certainly when I was younger and when I was leaving school, I had to go out there. I had to go get a job. I had to do certain things, um, you know. And the answer, and it was usually my dad, um, you know, it would be saying, if you don't do it, you don't live in our house. Go yeah. off. Go, go. So I had to conform to certain And an amount things. of practicality that actually to have your life, you've got to go out and earn money. Yeah. You know, however, yeah. however much of a dreamer you are, you've got to keep yourself fed and watered, haven't you? Yeah. What would, you, what would you say? I, start, I started working when I was 14 with my dad That's on the fish stops. Yeah, yeah. And I used to go and work alongside grown men. Mm. And then I'd come home and my dad would say to me, right, you've earned a wage like a grown man. Pay your mother some money. So I used to have, yeah. To, yeah. I used to, have to give my mum some of the money because that's what working men did. And that that went on the rest of my life. And um, I went to see when I left school and then I came ashore. Um, but it, I worked from 14 and I conformed because that's what you did. Yeah, that's um, my, did. my dad's ethic is is like, um, in, and he says it to Alex, who's my seventeen year old now all the time. Um, work, work first, play second, and I've actually disagreed with him. So I'm learning how to do things differently, and I, you know, like standing up and saying, actually, no, Alex, I want you to go and have play. I want you to go and have fun. Yeah, we work for an awful long time, so look at it a different way. You know, like you've got to work. It. I always say, work hard at your ice hockey, work hard at your your lessons yeah. and those kind of things. But actually, work doesn't. It, it's not. It's not the be all and end all at such a young age. It's like going out there and enjoy and have fun and experience the world and go test it out. Go and have those, you know, go try things. Yeah. Um. And, and the rest will will follow as well. So, I, I've certainly changed from how I was brought up to what I think and what I'm saying to to my my children now, especially to Alex. There's a you know I've got an eleven year gap between mine. Um. And Alex, I guess, gets some of my wisdom of being that you know, fifty two year old and. More, more grounded, more, more grounded person, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And what's it? A year's nothing, is it? No, I think, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, you mentioned that upbringing's huge because, like, my parents run pubs all over um, Leeds, Bradford, and, and Yorkshire, and then they had, they had multiple different businesses. My dad said I was a window cleaner, um, and then we bought a news agents. And so, from my earliest memories, is I used to have to bottle up at the bar, so I'd bottle up um, and have to helping clean the lines i'd always be doing something um even to working in the local addresses next door sweeping up yep. so when he went and bought the paper shop i had to do the paper round. i had to have a paper round and yep. i had to go get the if, if, if the paper didn't turn up i got his round as well um yep. so it was very much about we had to work um but mindset wise and, and i always say this you know my, my dad used to have a very when i look back my dad was definitely dyslexic when i look back right <laughs> definitely right but he had a real big belief that he used to always say to me, I hear it ringing in my ears now, if, if any man, woman or beast can do it, so can you, right? That's what he used yeah. to always say. He just said, you just need to find a way. Um, and, and a big lesson I learned from my dad, but only when he, in his passing. Um, and I didn't realise it in terms of, we all get wrapped up in that word success, don't we? Yeah. And, you know, I always thought that, you know, you had different pubs, you could have done different things, you could have remortgaged, and you could have done all these different business moves, right? You know, my little egotistical little business head was going, you could have done this, could have done that. And only when it, when he passed, I realised that. Um, the one thing my dad had always done is always took me to school. And it was at a time when I was writing some goals down and I couldn't take my kids to school. It was something I'd wrote down. And it was like, right, I need to go sack myself. I need to go sort my career out. And actually... Yeah focus on what's important because I think we do like you mentioned that chatter we get wrapped up in all this stuff this work yeah. this and we lose what that little voice like you mentioned inside of us that what do we want to do today yeah and it's just fit is this is this right for me does this feel right because all out and go and find the people who share those values and all that and yeah. all that happens isn't it? but you have to know you get to know yourself a bit first mm. I love it love that I'm going to give you the next one because I think it flows nicely um we all at times feel burnt out unfocused unenergized overwhelmed if helpful what is it you do when if helpful what sort of questions do you ask yourself right am I tired am I hungry <laughs> am I thirsty <laughs> or do I just need to just get down and do something for am I just procrastinating because I, I think I'm not good enough you know if I'm not tired hungry or thirsty it's because I'm. I need to kick up the arse, really. <laughs> or a, a nice, you know, a bit of gentle shove to just just sit down and try it for ten minutes and see if you can get into it. I do that a lot. Do you? 
Yeah, I, I use I use this thing. Whenever I procrastinate, I bring my little Pomodoro timer out and I just say, I'm going to have something that's really big. I'm just going to spend 20 minutes at doing it. And once it goes off, I can go for a walk. I can do what I want. Yeah. And I come back and I, and I break it. And my, my day is three Pomodoros on something I really don't want to do. It's my, it's my, my, oh. And how long is a Pomodoro? 20 minutes. Right, 20, yeah, 20, that's 20, really good. So 20 minutes. Um, actually, it's 25 minutes. Five minutes to do, what, to do what you want. Um, and then after me 20 minutes yeah. to just start thinking about yeah. it. Yeah, and then after, after you've done three of them, you get half an hour to yourself. Yeah. And that's how that's that's I've always... And it, that's sometimes what it is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think it's that, it's that, like you mentioned there, it's kick yourself up the ass. But I think it's got... Don't you think... Do, you all, do we agree? I disagree. I think it's got to be a reward, isn't it? Though? We've got to reward ourselves. Can't just keep... Yeah, but you feel great when you've done it. You yeah. think, actually, it was nothing. It was just a thought in my head. It was just myself. And I think um, the other thing I do, which I haven't mentioned, have we, which I'm big on, is the gratitude thing. No, good mention it. Go on. Yeah. Go you it. know, if I wake up, in, you know, we all wake up in the middle of the night because for whatever reason, and you think, God, and to get back to sleep, it's like, oh, I've got to be grateful for Charlie. And, you know, Charlie's beside me so you can touch him, can't you? And then the kids are there and my healthy children. And all those things are really important. And it's a really important basis for me if I am feeling like, oh, my God, how did I do this to us all? Um, am I ever going to get us out of this? Um, it was the gratitude thing, and I think that's the big thing when if you're not tired, hungry, or thirsty. I love that. Love, love that. that. So it's another one. Here we go. God, I'm full of it, aren't I? No, it's it's, <laughs> it's been great. Who in the world would you like to interview, past or present? Oh, this and why? is. Uh, I have a celeb crush. Oh, go on. I have a few, but my biggest ever celeb crush. And I need a drum roll because I want to wait, see. Wait, 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 um, uh, no. Um, no. No. I got a drum roll. Yeah. Drum. Rory Sutherland. Don't know. Him. <laughs> Rory Sutherland. Um, Ogilvy advertise is a, oh, a behavioural yes, economist. I, I think yes, is what I he calls himself. Yes, Go listen to any of his TED talks on YouTube or anything, or his um, hacking the unconscious, or his book. Is it Alchemy? I don't know what's totally how totally ridiculous things become a great idea or whatever, and he's ace. Just listen to him. It's a uh, Rory Sutherland. So that's really obviously lengthy. Charlie said it's obviously his dress sense and his, <laughs> his grooming style, but so it makes everybody laugh when I say Rory Sutherland. So we didn't know, so it's fine. No, didn't Rory know. Sutherland. No, didn't so there you go. There's another one for you. That's your homework. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've got through 56 minutes. We've got through an hour. We've done well. Oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 good? no, no. Good. good. We've got four minutes left. All oh, right, okay. We're, we're in the time. We've, got, we've just got two more questions. Are we ready, Joe? We have, yeah. So, is there anything that we should have asked but didn't? No, you offered me a cup of tea. That was the main one. <laughs> I'm a lady of simple pleasures. Warm cup of tea. And then you let me blower about myself. So that was even better, wasn't it? But is there anything else that we could have asked you you think that would be really interesting that we need to know? Is there anything that you've done? Anything... No, I think... Um, anything coming up? Oh, anything coming up? No, just work really coming up. Yeah, so, um, no, I think one of the biggest things as a... I think, um, oh, I don't know. No, no that's okay. okay. That's good. That's okay. Yeah. And then the second one is um, we always... I'm here to promote Talk Suicide. Yeah. Um, and so it's www.talksuicide.co.uk. 20 minutes free save free training um, and to be able to spot the signs, speak about suicide and to be able to sign post on. Oh, right. So yeah. would you be able to do that? Yeah, I'd love to do it. It'd be a pleasure. Yeah, and definitely. if you find it helpful, would you yeah. promote it? Yeah, certainly. I Lovely. certainly would. I th one thing I want to say about the the outdoor swimming thing, community and the Ice Warriors community is um, it does provide fantastic community for a lot of people. There's a lot of lonely people out there. And when although I'm going out mm. thrashing around and splashing around swimming ridiculous amounts, there's a lot of people that are coming together by the side of water and uh, whether they're going in to swim or dip. And there's a lot, and they're giving each other community. And I think it it's fantastic. Anything that gives community. There's yeah. a lot of people that yeah. have really found themselves is isolated. It, so if anyone's listening, is anywhere that, what type of organisation? Go to Ice Warriors on um, Ice. Our, our local one in Hull is Ice Warriors on um, on Facebook, and Andy Butler um, does a lot of um, the training and does introductory courses for it and things. And you know, you just see a lot of people like on Saturday. You know, six people went off in the daft hats and stuff off the side while we were shivering after doing a ridiculous amount. But they were laughing and joking and met together. And, the, you know, half of those probably live on their own. And you think, yeah, there's some really important mm. communities being built up, isn't there, over all this all, all this time? And I think that's really important. I so I will yeah. definitely look at the suicide thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, th thank you for that. And then also, Laura, where, where can more people find out about you? Because um, you've come on this show, you've got 
bags of energy. It's been incredible. <laughs> so I lo- love your enthusiasm, and I'm sure any sort of company looking to increase the leads would do would be honoured to have you guys. You you win. So where can they find out more? You can about find you? me on LinkedIn. I'm there most days, and um, so or at yourleadgeneration.co.uk. And um, yeah, I work in your sales funnel. Um, I'm massive about the human touch in any, even in a very automated sales environment. You might not use the cold call, but you need that human touch at some point in it, usually to do that conversion or that nurture or qualification or whatever. So yeah, I'm here for telemarketing, all that lead generation work and getting your sales funnel working because even if you don't think you've got one, you do really. I wonder if we I just maybe need to get some tips before you leave today oh. for my programme oh, and right, how okay. I can get that out there. Exactly. So that's been awesome. So thanks for coming on the show. That's Leon checking out. Paul checking out. Joe checking out. Laura checking out. Latent plug. Think differently about your business IT. Let's face it, it's impossible to grow a business without digital technology. Now more than ever, with everything going on in the world right now, businesses are struggling to manage, protect and work in the cloud. Transform your business IT with expert support from ThinkCloud. Learn how the most successful businesses in your sector consistently generate up to 20% higher revenues at 30% lower costs. You've come this far. You got this. Check out www.think-cloud.co.uk and book a call today.